0: Look at the sun and once I hear them clearly say Chapter ten I felt my legs dwindle in size, but not weaken. I felt my chest and shoulders swell and become large. My face began to bulge outward. If you're not an Animorph, don't use the power. I heard Jake's voice in my head. It startled me. It was so clear in my memory. I won't. That's what I'd said. You'll want to, but if you do, you run the risk of getting caught. Those risks are acceptable if you're going to help us. But if you're not in the fight anymore, you can't use the weapon. I said I wouldn't morph anymore, Jake. I'm not a liar. I stopped morphing. I was still half-human, but I was also half-wolf. And already, my hearing was more acute than any human hearing. I heard the sound of the bushes being parted. I heard the sound of a dragged foot and a slight gasp of pain. Karen! She was trying to spy on me. I demorphed as quickly as I could. At the same time, I pushed ahead. "'shoving my way through the bushes with the crutch. "'No choice now. I couldn't morph. "'I'd promised Jake I wouldn't. "'Besides, I'd almost gotten caught. "'I found a roughly triangular gap in some tumbled stones. "'Definitely a cave. "'Once more, I searched the ground. "'No tracks. "'I tried to see if any fur had been caught by the brambles, "'but now the rain was pouring in a torrent. "'I crept close to the cave opening, and I sniffed the air. The human sense of smell is pathetic compared to that of a dog or a wolf. Still, maybe I would be able to tell if something was living in the cave. Closer. Closer, I crept. Ah! I jumped back. I fell. Had I screamed? No, I was confused. It was Karen's voice. Ah! Ah! Help me! A trick. Maybe. Maybe not. I plowed back through the brush. I emerged panting, scratched and muddy, in time to see the leopard leap from the tall rock down toward the helpless girl A dracon beam sliced upward at the leopard The leopard screamed But the dracon beam had only grazed the big cat's shoulder It hit the ground, rolled easily to its feet, and turned to attack again Karen tried to steady the dracon beam for a shot, but her bad ankle twisted and collapsed she fell face forward. The dracon beam clattered over some rocks and landed in the mud. It landed within inches of the leopard. Everything was frozen. Karen, aghast that she dropped her weapon, terrified. The leopard, unsure, watching, waiting, trying to assess. And me. Did I have time to morph? Would it just set the leopard off? Would it make him want to attack? Karen... I said in a low voice, Crawl toward me. That thing, that thing will... Karen, listen to me. Crawl toward me. She was trembling, barely able to pick her face up out of the mud. She kept her eyes glued to the leopard. Her green eyes seemed huge, shining out of the mud that covered her face. The leopard watched her with the intensity of her predator. Then it looked at me. It was unsure, worried. It was seeing things it had never seen before. You could almost watch the cunning mind working behind those cold, yellow eyes. The smaller prey had used a weapon, but that weapon was gone now. Still, the hunter had to be cautious when the hunted could sting. And then, the leopard thought, there was this curious second creature. The one whose scent was changing. Karen, I said, keep crawling this way. Don't rush, don't stop, but don't jerk or rush in any way. I don't know if Karen even noticed that she was no longer hearing my voice. She kept her gaze riveted on the leopard. Oof! Her arm slipped and she rolled over in the mud. The leopard saw her bare white throat and made its decision. He leapt. I leapt. I landed first. I bristled, snarled, and raised the thick gray fur around my neck. The leopard saw my teeth. "'and forgot about Karen's throat. "'No, no,' the leopard thought. "'I don't need a fight with another predator. "'There will be plenty of time to kill the little, hopeless one later.' "'The leopard turned, and with infinite contempt, "'walked away into the darkness. "'And Karen picked her face up out of the mud and looked at me. "'So,' she said shakily, "'I guess you're a werewolf after all.' Chapter 11 The cave was unoccupied. I found that out very quickly using the wolf's senses. It took much longer to build a fire. I'd done it once before. Built a fire without matches, that is. It was in the Cretaceous period, during a very bizarre episode in our lives as anamorphs. It had been hard to do then. It was harder to do now. The wood was wet, and the grass I was using for kindling was damp as well, although it dried out faster than the wood did. We had to keep the fire near the entrance of the cave, since it was very smoky at first. But eventually, we got it going. We sat there, cross-legged, on hard stone and cold sand. We huddled as close to the fire as we could get. I had gone out, in wolf morph, and dragged as much wood as I could back to the cave. I hoped it would be enough to last the night. And, fortunately, I had retrieved my clothes after the morphing. Night had fallen. The orange glow of the fire lit the low roof of the cave, but it didn't reach out into the dark woods beyond. My parents will be totally frantic, I said. Mine too, Karen said. I didn't know Yurks had parents. Karen poked the fire with a stick, pushing an unburned bit of wood into the glowing center. I see you've given up pretending. That's good. It gets boring after a while when someone sticks to an obvious lie. And yes, We have parents, although it's very different than it is with you humans. It was the first time she had called me human instead of an Andalite. I guess I looked surprised. Yes, I know you're human. We don't know how to duplicate the Andalite morphing technology, but we do understand parts of it. We know about the two-hour limit, and we know that you can't morph straight from one morph to another. You have to pass through your own natural body first. You're human, all right. I guess you wouldn't want to tell me how you managed to acquire andalite morphing technology? I looked at her curious face. Her very human face. Her little girl face. I knew what lived inside her head. I knew she would deliver me up to viscer 3 the first chance she got. If Marco or Rachel had been there beside me, I know what they'd have said. She can't be allowed to survive unless we can find a way to hold her for three days. That is when the yerk in her head would need to return to the yerk pool for nourishment. Tobias and Axe would have agreed. Jake, too, although it would have bothered him terribly. They would have all been right. You're thinking about destroying me, Karen said. I hesitated a moment. Then I said, yes. She swallowed. You thought about it before. Back at the river. I nodded. But you seemed pretty confident then. You were trying to goad me. I should have known you had a Dracon Beam weapon. You wanted me to morph and tried to kill you. In mid-morph, you would have stunned me. Karen nodded. That was the plan. So why didn't she use the Dracon Beam on the bear that was chasing you? She laughed, a little embarrassed. Pure panic, I'm afraid. That big bear came after me, and I just forgot I had the weapon. Besides, you saw what a great shot I was with the leopard. She held up her hands. I have little girl hands and little girl muscles. That dragon beam is designed to be wielded by a Horkvegier. I could barely reach the trigger. And now you have no weapon at all, I said. No. I could morph the wolf and make short work out of you. But you won't. Why won't I? I asked. She shook her head slowly. I don't know why. Me either, I said. For a while, neither of us spoke. There's plenty to drink, Karen said, nodding toward the rain that sheeted down across the cave entrance. But we're going to get hungry. I could catch us a rabbit or something, I said. But it would mean leaving you here alone. The leopard. I nodded. It won't attack a wolf directly but it sees you as a small, helpless, wounded creature. Perfect prey. Yes, I suppose it does, she said bitterly. I didn't want this body. I wanted a human body, but not a weak, innocent little girl. This is what they assigned me. I noted the word innocent. What a strange word for a yerk to use. That's how it works? They tell you what body to infest? She nodded. Yeah. It's my third host. I started out with a get-host, like most of us coming up through the ranks. I was a Hork-Bajir for a while. Boring duty, mostly, interspersed with terrifying battles. Then I was assigned to Earth and a human host. Now it's your turn. My turn for what? Karen gestured toward the fire and around the cave. We're stuck here. No food, nothing to do but talk. I tell you my life story, you tell me yours. You could just be lying, making things up. So could you. Humans are not always honest. I nodded. That's true, I guess. So tell me, how do you come to have Andalite morphing technology? I shrugged. It was given to me by a great Andalite warrior named Alfangor. Karen's face grew dark at the mention of that name. Alfangor, she spat. You've heard of him? Karen nodded. Part of the time I was a Hork-Bajir, I was in Viscer 3's personal guard. The Viscer was obsessed with Alfangor. Something personal between the two of them. I don't know what. But he hated Alfangor. I was there when Viscer 3 murdered him. Murder? No, it wasn't murder. We're at war with the Andalites. There's no murder in war. It was murder, I said. Cold-blooded murder of a helpless person. Karen leaned forward, her face glowing from the fire. And that hork whose throat you removed? Was he helpless too? I jumped up. Don't you compare what your people do with what we do? You can't compare the attacker and the victim. You people started this war. And it's you invading my planet, not the other way around. Karen jumped up, wincing at the pain in her ankle. We have a right to live! This isn't about you living, I yelled. It's about you enslaving other people. It's what we are, she yelled back. We're parasites. You humans are predators. How many pigs and cows and chickens and sheep do you kill each year to survive? You think being a predator is morally superior to being a parasite? At least the host body we take remain alive. We don't kill them, cut them into little pieces, and grill them over a charcoal fire in our backyards. We're not pigs, I said. Oh, yes you are, she said, her face distorted and twisted with contempt. That's all you are to us. Oink oink. Chapter 12 We took turns staying awake and watching the cave entrance. It was very weird, really. We were deadly enemies to each other. If Karen, or at least the yerk in her head, got the chance... She would run to Viscer 3 and give me up. The Viscer would have me taken. He'd take me to the yerk pool that extended far beneath the school and the mall. Horkbisher would drag me out on the long steel pier. They would force my head under the lead-colored sludge. I would kick and scream, but it wouldn't matter. My head would go below the surface, and one of the York slugs that swam there would rush into my ear. It would flatten itself and squeeze itself in through my ear canal. The pain would be awful But the pain would be nothing compared to the horror The york would slither and squirm around my brain It would flatten itself over the high parts And sink down into the cracks and crevices And then it would open my mind like a book It would see every memory It would know every secret It would know that I wet my bed once when I was six And that I was so embarrassed I threw the sheets away in the garbage It would know that I checked the closet every night just in case someone was hiding there. It would know that I once cheated on a math quiz, and felt so bad I deliberately failed the next quiz to make up. It would know that I cared for Jake. The yerk would open my eyes and turn them left and right. It would decide what to focus on. It would move my arms and hands. It would decide what to pick up or put down. It would decide when I ate, when I slept when I took a shower or washed my hair. It would dress me. It would talk to my mom and kiss my dad goodnight. And all the while, I would be able to see, to hear, to know exactly what was going on. As the yurk inside my brain betrayed my friends, I would know. When Rachel and Marco and Tobias and Axe and Jake were hunted down, one by one, and killed or enslaved, I would be standing there, giving advice to the yurks. I would be helping to destroy my friends. And I would be helpless. That's what Karen had planned for me. A living death. It's what the Yurks had planned for the entire world. They would enslave all who were useful and annihilate everything and everyone else. I poked the fire with a stick. Karen stirred in her sleep. It would be so easy. I had the power. I had the power to destroy her before she destroyed me. I should do it. But I knew I wouldn't. Not now. Not tonight. Not in cold blood. Life was sacred. Even the life of an enemy. But how about the lives of my friends? Weren't their lives even more sacred? Karen woke up. She yawned and looked around with that stupid, just woke up expression. Is it time for me to take over? I guess so, I said. We're low on wood, so don't build the fire too high. If you see anything, yell. I rolled onto my side, facing away from her. I was sure I'd never sleep. But I did. I slept, and I dreamed. Twenty human controllers stood waiting armed with rifles and shotguns and automatic weapons. Behind them stood two dozen hork warriors. We were trapped. We'd sneaked into the building to retrieve the Pemelite crystal. The crystal would free the Chi from their programming. The programming that forbade them to ever harm a living creature. With the crystal, we could turn the powerful Chi into allies against the Yurts. Eric the Chi stood just outside the building. I could see him through the plate glass. If we could find a way to give him the crystal... Maybe he could help. And then, in my dream, just as it had happened in reality, everything exploded into violence. Hortbyshire leapt, slashing, and we fought. We fought and fought, and we lost ground and lost ground and lost, until far off, I seemed to hear shattering glass. And suddenly, there was Eric. The hologram that disguised him as a normal human kid was gone too. He was his own true self, an android of metallic gray and pearl white. What happened next, I have tried to forget. I had seen battles. This was no battle. This was slaughter. I woke up, crying, with an echo of Eric's bitter sobs in my head. You were yelling in your sleep, Karen said. Was I? She laughed. You were yelling, no, no, that kind of thing. Bad dream, I guess. Bad memory, I said. Sounded like a battle, she said. From some of what you were saying. But hey, here you are, alive, right? So you must have won. Winning doesn't make it less terrible. She snorted derisively, like I'd made a joke. Of course it does. Don't pretend with me. I know humans. I know that you love conquest as much as any Yurk. Not all of us. Oh, I see. So you have morals. You feel bad when you destroy an enemy. She said it with heavy sarcasm. Yes, I feel bad. Most humans do. Anyway, I do. Lies, she said, yawning. More human lies. Karen? What? If that's all true, why have I let you live? She looked at me, and I saw her green eyes flicker for just a moment as doubt entered her thoughts. She closed her eyes and did not answer. Hello, phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs' auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, here we are at the end of another episode. Uh, we're starting to get into the meat of stuff and I am still so excited. Uh, but we have some, uh, questions. I think, uh, who was it? I think it was my friend Steven said that I should call these, uh, what? Dana Cause it's, it's like animal, but also male and also my name. Um, so I guess we got some Dana uh, coming in. Um, one off Twitter, uh, from Christopher on Twitter, uh, who tweeted at me i'm sorry to anyone who tried to dm me um this past week or a couple of weeks since my twitter went live uh i don't use twitter a lot uh looks like it defaults to not allowing uh, people i don't follow to dm me um and so i've fixed that since then christopher let me know that he couldn't dm me so he just tagged uh the account that's at audiomorphs um, and I've since then fixed it, so if you have questions for me, please DM me on Twitter uh, as one of the many avenues in which you can get in contact. But he tweeted at me, Hey, Audiomorphs, I have a question for you. If you got a hold of the Escafil device, what are three morphs you would definitely want to acquire? That's a great question. Um, the Escafil device is uh, the morphing cube for those uh, who aren't maybe as brushed up on, on the Animorphs lore. Um... Three morphs I would definitely want uh, if I had morphing power, essentially. Uh, Well, right off the bat, some sort of bird. I mean, gotta experience flight. I I do think that, uh, as K. Applegate theorizes, flight would be extremely cool to have. Um, Maybe, like, a a crow, I think. I don't know. I like corvids. Uh, I think that'd be pretty neat. Um, I'd really like to to experience life as a cat, too. I really like cats. Um, They're... You know, liquid animals. I I feel like there's a lot of. I think I feel like it'd be really fun. Um, and of course, you know, I guess in this scenario, I'm not fighting a your invasion. If I were fighting a your invasion, it'd be like a big cat, right? But uh, otherwise, I guess a small cat is fine too. Um, just you know, experience what it'd be like to be a cat. My third one, I've I, I'm kind of split on. I think it'd be cool to get some sort of a uh, sea morph that would allow me to like explore the depths of the ocean you know something that can can go to those places that humans have a lot of trouble going in the ocean and you know see what's what's going on down there what's up Uh, a lot of a lot of the ocean is unexplored and i think that'd be pretty cool um i don't i don't know what animal that is um but but some sort of deep sea animal maybe uh sorry uh my facebook notification just beeped let me mute that uh, my other option is, um, I would, um, preferably with consent, but I, I would really love to be able to morph, um, a body with a uterus. Um, just, you know, experience what that's like. Um, I, I think that'd be just beneficial to, to have that perspective. Um, I don't know. I think that'd be neat. Uh, so those are my, uh, I guess four that I'd choose. Um, and I think that'd be maybe a little different if I were fighting a Yurik invasion, it'd be a lot more battle morphs, a lot more, uh, infiltration morphs, but, uh, yeah, as far as, like, animals that I think would be pretty cool to check out, uh, something that flies, something that swims, and a cat. There's an airplane flying overhead, hopefully you guys can't hear it after I scrub the sound from this, but, uh, hey, it's getting hot out, I have my window open, um, for my intro notes, sorry. Uh, I also have an email that's audiomorphscast at gmail.com uh, titled A Letter of Thanks from another Daniel uh, who writes in, Hi Daniel, I've recently gotten into your podcast slash audiobook for the Animorph series and I just wanted to tell you to thank you personally for bringing back my childhood and giving me nostalgic bliss. Everything about the podcast just feels so natural and chill from start to finish while giving us a great audio read of the books. I know you put in a lot of hard work and effort to do this, and your passion and commitment really shows. Your series has helped me a lot through the pandemic and given me new inspiration in my own life. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart, and I wish you the best in all your future endeavors, and I'm looking forward to going on this Animorph ride with you for the rest of the series. If you have a cash app or donation option available, I would like to show my appreciation. Sincerely, Daniel. Thank you so much for writing in, Daniel. Uh Very cool to hear that I uh, helped you through um this past year it's been you know a tough year on everybody so you know find joy where you can absolutely uh i'm i'm very honored to to um have helped you with that uh and also uh you said you i inspired you or or gave you inspiration in your own life that's so cool to me that uh i was able to do that uh weird to think about um but very very cool to experience um thank you so much for writing and sincerely uh thank you that's this is such a sweet message uh, as far as donating to me, um, I do have my PayPal linked through my website, Uh That's The Apocalypse, like Apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, 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 so that is that is a way to donate for you or anyone else who who would like to donate. Um, all those donations go directly to my server fees, um, both to host the podcast on Podbean and because I have a website because I'm, I'm dumb. Um, I, I pay those two fees. Um, and again, this is no pressure on anyone to donate. Not in danger of shutting down. You know, I'm financially stable right now. Um, just uh, you know, if this is something you feel uh is worth donating for a, a, as as a means means of thanks, um, you know, I'm not gonna say no to that. Um, but absolutely no pressure. You can thank me in so many different ways by writing in to say thank you. I'd love to hear that. By giving me a review uh, and rating on iTunes, I'd love to get those as well. Tell, even telling a friend. You don't have to tell me you told a friend. You can just tell a friend. That's a form of thanks. Um. Just really, uh, you know, enjoying this and and hanging out uh, while I make this dumb project that uh, I started on a whim and has become like a pretty, uh, pretty core pillar of my day to day Um, warms my heart, you know. So thank you for writing in. Thank you, everyone, for listening. One more avenue to to, we've mentioned uh, three of the ways you can write in. That is uh, on Twitter at Audiomorphs uh, through Gmail, Audiomorphscast Audiomorphscast at gmail.com who am mushmouth right now uh, through my website theapodclips.com and uh, finally I'm also on tumblr that's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com you can send me an ask or a message through that as well if you'd like um, I've mentioned you know rating reviews on iTunes uh, those I don't know everyone else says to do it so I I've been saying to do it so I guess it's cool to it's cool to see reviews I don't know um what what else uh, I, I think that's really it um, so the Thank you all for for hanging out with me. Uh, I'm gonna get out of here and and let you uh, go on with your week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.